Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Figure Podcast. Each week we figure out people, numbers and images of the past, present and future. Hosted by George Falcon and Charlotte Lorimer. And this week we are joined by a very special guest, my brother Teddy. Hi. Oh, <laughs> this is so funny. Also known as Century P, right? Mm-hmm. And Teddy helped us out enormously in the beginning of the podcast and he used to put all of the episodes together and taught us how to use logic and he created the sound that you hear for the intro um, and all the sort of what's the name for transition transitions um, <laughs> and he's now going to uni on Saturday so he'll be officially leaving the figure team team for although you've taken breaks to Sardinia this summer and you've been doing all sorts of exciting right. things which is good because it's left us to figure it out that on our so own funny. but it was so great to have you on board at the beginning genuinely otherwise we could not have literally the three of us would be there at 2am yeah. <laughs> like we need to get this out and also you got us out of our heads as well yeah. and you encouraged us to have another beer and just to stop um, <laughs> yes. pretending like this was an exam and, and not a podcast yes exactly <laughs> so each week we start with um, what this week has meant to you and I think that given that you're joining us let's begin with you so what has this week meant for you um, well this week has meant for me uh, quite a quite a sad a sad occurrence with um, my favorite rapper Mac Miller obviously passing away which actually like hit me pretty hard because he was you know like one of my biggest influences and yeah you know like such a good guy and such a positive influence to so many other other people um yeah and that was that was pretty actually tough to to bear Mm. I remember coming into the kitchen on Friday night and we had just heard the news Mm. and you're absolutely devastated oh not completely like Mm. I don't know it's it's weird because you don't it's not like I know him yeah. personally but, but you feel like but then you, know you feel him. like you do when when someone you has do. music yeah. that speaks to you mm. or mm. a film that really speaks to you or something where it just taps into a part where you'll just have you have a connection to it and you do feel like you've been yeah. a part of them That's from true. that and also if his i don't really know his music very well but is it quite personal to him oh yeah like, completely well then you yeah, will yeah. know him quite well exactly. from that That's because true. that is his yeah. Mm. way of expressing himself mm. yeah really really sad news and some of the tributes that I saw actually your Instagram post is probably my favourite but um, some yeah. of the posts from like Ed Sheeran and from yeah, every, there was everybody. so much there was so much so love for him which was so many beautiful which was great posts to see. and all just saying how he was such a great guy and he had was so talented and gifted and mm. kind of being thankful for everything that he put out into the world and just being sad and thinking of his friends and family. It's sort of devastating because I feel like this year, you know, we had Kate Spade and I don't know, I feel like in terms of suicide or male suicide specifically, that's such an area that is not talked about enough and I think that it needs to be and I think that we need to be able to um, be more open about... I think it is getting better though. Do you it think? Is, it, is. it is getting it really better. Is. Yeah. I've been very late to the party on this one, but I've literally just listened to Prince Harry on Mad World. Isn't it with great? It's such a good episode. It's so yeah. honest. Yeah. And so it's good. so funny. 
Have you listened to it? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, you need no. to. It's yeah. really, really good. Mad World is great by Brian Gordon. She's yeah. fantastic. So this is a podcast that's sponsored by The Telegraph, I think mm. it is. And they um, have different guests and they talk about mental health issues and just yeah. try and normalise it, I guess. Absolutely. And um, talk about the things that people do to make themselves feel better. Absolutely. And it's just such an amazing conversation to come from someone who you never would have imagined that right. to come from. Or I guess an institution that you wouldn't imagine it to have come from. Literally, Mad World has accompanied me in the moments where I felt most alone and most helpless. And I've literally listened to it and thought oh my god I'm not the only one and actually there are so many people out there and also famous people and people who have got a following that are also the same um so I think it's really powerful and I think that's what the Bryony power Gordon of podcasts as doing. well just having this little conversation <clears throat> in your ear and just knowing just being mm. comforted by that yeah so my question to you is what was what about Mac Miller inspired you and why were you so hurt by his death um I felt he was he was this guy who had such a positive energy and he worked so hard and was so personal with his music while still being completely himself mm. and it never felt like you weren't you know hearing him or seeing him it was always you know him his own work mm. him just being himself you know he was just a funny nice guy um with incredible music as well but that's that's just another thing Mm. um and the way he affected my life for sure because i'm i'm obviously a rapper as well Mm. and producer and i would say he's pretty much one of the biggest reasons why i'm doing it because i saw i saw him do it i remember Um, with the manchester um concert that ariana grande put on i remember you saying like I literally thought Ariana Grande was this genre or this thing, but she's now engaged to Mac Miller, and I, I so kind she's of, cool now. I kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you basically said that, um, and I just wanted to mention that briefly, in that she's gotten a lot of flack in the last couple of days, um, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy and, and very guys. unfair because yeah. I don't think that a woman should be given that sort of uh, title of being able to save someone or be responsible for someone's well-being. Not just a woman, just any person. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it's about... Absolutely. I, I just and think they should stop making it about her. Just don't make it about her. It's obviously yeah. about him. You know, mm. there's there's whatever relationship he's had before, that's, that's irrelevant to mm. what was going on in his life right now. Yeah. What has this week meant to you, G? It has meant sort of reconnecting with um, my family at work, if that makes sense. I sort of got to know everyone back at the office and I've started on Monday and it's just been really good to see them all. And I have seen quite a lot of old friends in the time that we've also recorded last. Um, some several, several school friends and I think that my resounding conclusion to all of those meetings were you cannot make new old friends if that makes sense and actually really treasure those old friends so that's what lovely thing to remind yourself of right and that's what this week has meant to me what about you this week has been about looking at lots of properties Mm, um exciting and adults as well yeah (laughs) um and yeah just moving somewhere 
finding the right place, finding the right space for me. Mm. And also going to see the Children Act yesterday evening, which is phenomenal. I went with one of my really good friends, Lizzie, and I love it. We did English together at Durham, and so we always talk about what we've been reading, and she just has the most amazing collection of novels in her beautiful house. And we went off together, watched the Children Act by... So it's the screenplay was done by Ian McEwan, the original book was Ian McEwan. And it's really hard to explain what it is. And I'm not even going to go into the plot because I'm just going to encourage everybody to go and see it. It's the best performance I've ever seen Emma Thompson in. Wow. Mm. And I have seen quite a lot of old friends in the time that we've also recorded last. Um, some several, several school friends. And I think that my resounding conclusion to all of those meetings were you cannot make new old friends if that makes sense and actually really treasure those old friends so that's what lovely thing to remind yourself of right and that's what this week has meant to me what about you this week has been about looking at lots of properties Mm, um exciting and adults as well yeah (laughs) um and yeah just moving somewhere finding the right place, finding the right space for me. Mm. And also going to see the Children Act yesterday evening, which is phenomenal. I went with one of my really good friends, Lizzie, and I love it. We did English together at Durham, and so we always talk about what we've been reading, and she just has the most amazing collection of novels in her beautiful house. And we went off together, watched the Children Act by... So it's the screenplay was done by Ian McEwan, the original book was Ian McEwan. And it's really hard to explain what it is. And I'm not even going to go into the plot because I'm just going to encourage everybody to go and see it. It's the best performance I've ever seen Emma Thompson in. Wow. The first figure that we're going to be talking about today is Kendrick Lamar, who is arguably the most significant rapper of all time, according to Teddy. And I can't, I, I can't disagree. Of the world, yeah, no, honest. no, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. I just don't think that I've listened to enough of that genre in order to make that judgment myself. But can you guys tell me a little bit more about where he grew up and a bit more about his music? Because I am... Um, don't know very much about it and I want to learn. So he was born in Compton, LA, and Compton, like we know the NWA album, Sarela Compton. Right, NWA are from Compton. Are from yeah. the Williams sisters, also from Compton. Can you tell me a bit more about Compton and his childhood there and like what that kind of looked like? Well, what he's always, always talked about is just, you know, gang culture and yeah. growing up in basically a jungle of of um of like drugs and violence um and and the struggles of of the youth who have to like grow up in these kind of communities it's always what he talks about do you about. think that's why his music has hit such a nerve with a lot of people oh, because sure. actually it highlights yeah. the but he's the, just been the able... gang culture in mm. in so many places not only compton but chicago and new york and london and like all of like lots of i mean there are a lot of rappers to have done that before let's say like tupac yeah. But Kendrick has has just done it to the point where of such a humble and and music musically gifted man uh, to and done it on this massive scale. But how but, old was he when he started rapping? Oh, uh, really young. And then yeah. his first album came out in twenty eleven. Okay. Twenty eleven, I think it was. So how old is he uh, now? Thirty one. Okay. Yeah. 
so and he he started like his first mixtape he was like 15 or 16 something really young um how old were you when you started rapping oh, i was 15, uh, 14 but he so he he was probably rapping when he was like 10 yeah but his first like actual mixtape or you know ep or whatever um which is like a free album mm. was when he was so young and he by the age of like of, you know my age he had already created a fan base in compton which is insane you know it's like so many great rappers have, have come out of compton mm. um and what makes his music so extraordinary and kind of brings so many people together and is recognized to the point where it wins a pulitzer prize i'd say his ability to to tell stories to bring in every single genre to make people move to make people feel sad convey emotion um He's just a complete artist in every sense of the word. He can sing, he can rap, uh, and he just brings all these different facets together, which just create this this gem, which is Kendrick yeah. and his music. That's so. really interesting you say that he brings genres together, because when I was reading a bit more about him winning the Pulitzer Prize earlier this year, so all the headlines are saying that it's the first rap artist to win Pulitzer Prize all up to this point it's always been classical music it's a few, few bits of jazz but then they were also saying how Kendrick has brought jazz into his own oh, music sure. yeah, and yeah. how hip-hop is influencing so many other genres as well and there's this kind of blending together so do you think that's something that makes him like a stronger artist completely yeah completely um like to, to pimp a butterfly which was his mm. second latest album yeah, there was just so much jazz and funk in that, and that was that. That is generally uh, considered one of the best album, hip hop albums of all time. Um, Have you got a favorite album of Kendrick's? Mm. Well, this is like the biggest debate <laughs> between me and my friends. There's <laughs> like a constant, constant struggle. There's, they're, they're all so good in their own way. It's just it's impossible. Also, fun fact: his stage name when he was fifteen. K dot. K dot. Yeah. I like that's K-dot. funny. That's K-dot. really yeah. that. Yeah. And then he. Why K dot? Just like K for Kendrick and then just dot. Just it's, dot. It's yeah. Just a cool rapper name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when did. So just a brief history of hip hop. When did hip hop begin and how was it created? So it was uh, in the 70s mm. and it basically. In New York, right? Yeah, New York. Yeah. Um, and it started by. It was so when it first came about, like most musical uh, genres, when they first start, they're hated. Mm. You know that everyone's trying to trying to shut them down. Um, and hip hop started because DJs would start getting these um, drum breaks from disco songs and just start looping them. And then a, a rapper would come up or an MC usually at the time, um, and would just start like saying like, rhymes, like really basic rhymes which is so funny to listen to. Um, so rap hadn't really existed before? No, nah, not, not at all. Okay, so hip hop comes all. first and then rap comes out uh, of that? They're both the same. They're from, the same thing? The same and thing. you say it was rap from African-American communities? Uh, yeah, completely. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, from there it has evolved. Because before, so it always used to be the DJ who was seen as the, you know, the big star. The DJ was the star, and his MC was only second to him. But then, it uh, when they started recording and actually making music and and albums and songs, then the rappers, the rap, the rappers started, you know, getting creative and, and making flipped. it way more. That yeah. completely flipped. That's really interesting. So now producers that. 
they do they do obviously get a lot of respect but the rapper gets is the rock star yeah and when people collaborate in this kind of music is is would you say that collaboration is encouraged or is it quite competitive uh it's both okay completely both yeah I mean, and it is rappers the, are so competitive. Well, is it is it the intention of collaborating because they want to collaborate, or the collaboration of we'll help you and you'll help me in terms of audience? Well, that was so straight away when you said that brought me to actually, to Matt Miller because mm. he was a guy he was de- he was not competitive at all with with rappers around him as well. That's what it seemed to me anyway. Mm. But he he pretty much collaborated with every single rapper mm. and. Uh, like the reason why he got so much love is because he reached out to so many different people just for the sake of collaboration mm. and that's that's another like amazing quality of Matt Miller was mm. he would just work with everyone because he just wanted to explore his talents together with that person um, and it wasn't for bettering himself you know yeah uh, with um with Kendrick, I read this really good article by Dorian Linsky, and he finished saying that Kendrick had a kind of burning or has a burning desire to outdo himself rather always, than competing yeah. against yeah. everybody yeah, yeah. else. Which yeah. I think is is such a good principle for life. It is, yeah. I think competition can, it is good sometimes, but a lot of the time it can crush you because yeah, you, and it become this sort of spiral. It doesn't become about you. Yeah, it can yeah, become yeah. really toxic, but. I think I just like seeing artists collaborate with each other and it's coming from a really positive space Mm. and they're just wanting to create something together. The second figure for this week is that in total there were 25 million deaths within the USSR in World War II and that is military and civilian. And the reason that we're talking about World War II is that is an area of history that Teddy is very much interested in and also affects our family significantly. And the USSR stands for the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And So the countries for that are... Well, the main ones, Russia. Russia, Belarus, Georgia, Latvia, all of those countries surrounding Russia that sort of... It sort of was created from Lenin after the fall of the Tsar, just in, in World War One. Um, I went to St. Petersburg last year, and anyone who knows me knows that I do not stop banging on about it. Because um, <laughs> I absolutely loved visiting St. Petersburg. Why are you both so interested in Russian history? It's so interesting, isn't it? I think it's World War Two history, and it's because of our family connection to it. So for people who haven't heard about this can you explain a bit more about that so our grandmother she's she was uh living in germany in that time okay so she had to run run away from the russian advance think how young a 12 year old is right and um she was one of i think she was the youngest or one of the youngest of 10 siblings she was raised in posen which is now poland but the time was germany they were actually from ukraine which we found out a few weeks ago. Which is strange. Yeah, how did you find out? out? Uh, our uncle, our uncle and told cousin us. told us because she had <laughs> so gone to visit. No, she no, she had gone to visit a relative yeah. just this summer interrailing, and he told us that, she, that they had actually tracked our family from the Ukraine in the mid eighteen hundreds, and wow. they had actually emigrated to Germany um, as refugees. So they were in Germany, and you know. 
very much part of Hitler's Germany and grew up in Hitler's Germany. And I think that's very difficult to accept when, you know, we're raised hearing about Germany in World War II and Hitler and the Holocaust and all of those things. And it's actually really weird to be like, actually, I had family who were alive and grew up in Germany. Completely affected by Completely affected by it. But we kind of, it's just a weird area to talk about. I'm very kind of sore to kind of, I don't know, it's just very uncomfortable. And it it is for so many people. Right. And we are generations down. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what it's like for people who have... Doesn't talk about it. Doesn't talk about it. And who would have had husbands in World War One that they mm. could have lost, sons in World mm. War Two, or daughters that they lose in right in the following so, war. So she was visiting apparently this is what happened that she was visiting a sister one day in nineteen forty four. The Russian line had broken through and um her entire family who were at the farm were taken to a gulag in Siberia, and they were taken there for ten years. And what is a gulag? Is that like a gulag is like a concentration camp, okay. but in Russia for for, for Soviets. Yeah. For so- yeah. Way more people were killed in gulags than then concentration, uh, concentration camps. camps. Yeah. Yeah. and people that. don't know that. By so far. Uh, more people died under Stalin than they did Hitler. Um, and then more people died under Mao than Stalin. And more people died under Mao than Stalin. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and we don't, again, we don't really know I those figures. Know any of that. Right. So, they, and all of her family who went to that gulag survived, which is incredible. Wow. Which is, which is unheard, unheard of. of yeah. Unheard of. And was it the same principle with the gulags as it was with concentration camp? Was it different groups of no. people or was it more of a mass? It was all. Everybody. So, it was um, the reason why I think everyone is so aware of concentration camps was because of the racial aspect. Mm. And it, that's obviously shocking to everyone. Whereas with um, with Stalin and Soviet Russia, was it was literally one man who was in power and his paranoia at yeah. losing power. Absolutely. And it was just filled with intelligence, with political prisoners, yeah. political prisoners. Okay. So yeah. he would make up and the intelligence, um, yeah, wasn't it? So was it more fake political? And also, okay. you know, if they're German, they're assumed to be on the right wing, right wing, and therefore fascist. And therefore, they are political prisoners, and therefore the opposition. Okay. So was it, it, it similar to Pol Pot in Cambodia? Yes. And wanting mm. so, oh, yeah. to yeah. go back to ground zero, is yeah. how he referred to but, it. But, but in terms and of he, going back to ground zero, you you like obliterate your entire population because yeah. some everyone somehow qualifies in all of those things. That you're well, that's what about. was so shocking going yeah. to Cambodia and going to the prisons and the killing fields there that there were people mm. who if you wore glasses you were killed because yeah. you were assumed to be intelligent because you wore yes, glasses right. if you had soft hands it meant that you weren't working on the land there so right, you were killed yeah. right. and, and it was so recent it was in the 1970s I think mm. and yeah. so there are people who are still alive today and who have still missing family f- members yeah. because of this and I think that it's interesting that we are still, I guess it's because it's so much of part of British history, but I'm, mm. that we're still so fascinated by the wars and mm. the stories and mm. the impact that it's had because it's personal and that's where history is so interesting that you can learn so much about Absolutely. yourself yeah. sure. and society and your country and mm. all of For that. Sure. Well, with our grandmother who is currently looking at us as we speak because her portrait is uh, on the piano. Yeah, I'm glad that you explained that. That would have been... <laughs> yes. Um, she, so it took her 13 days to walk from East Germany to West Germany. She did that on foot, on her own, 
with her sister um, and eventually got to the West, I suppose, and then through a program sponsored by the Lutheran Church, managed to find her way to Canada. And none of her brothers were able to come because they were all part of the German army and therefore the enemy. So couldn't go. So they had to stay in Germany. And so she came to Canada and that's where she met my grandfather, who was an aeronautical engineer. And now we exist. And now we <laughs> exist because of that. And my mum who introduced your parents. And yeah. your mum who introduced your parents. Your mum is a crucial part of the story. <laughs> so Teddy, you're about to go off to university. Very exciting. And you're studying history and German. What are you most looking forward to studying? Oh yeah, for sure World War Two because of just how astronomical it was and how it affected so many people. Mm. Um, and our family is just one example. But, you know, yeah. there was millions of families. Everyone was affected mm. by World War Two. And on this figure that, we've, that you've chosen, why was it that the, there were so many more military and civilian deaths mm. within Russia? And because we were looking at the percentages as well, because I think obviously Russia yeah. is an enormous country, so you've yeah. got to take that into consideration. Exactly, However, yeah. there are other parts of... What, what else was it that led to so many deaths? So the two aspects to that, to that uh, question would be obviously civilian, but also military. So in the military sense, the reason why Russians would, the Russians had so much more casualties is because of their, their strategy disregarded human life. So... You know, if you took one step back, you'd be shot in the head straight away by your own officer. Or uh, if there was a minefield, uh, Gregory Zhukov um, has a famous quote, if, yeah, if there's a minefield, our infantry will proceed as if the minefield isn't there um, to clear the way for vehicles. Basically, you know, sentencing tons of people to death. Um, and it, so it was that strategy for the, in the military sense. But then in the civilian sense, Russia basically... Uh, for the whole, for since 1942, when oh no, sorry, 1941, when Operation Barbarossa was first launched, mm. which was the German offensive into Russia, uh, you know it was it was a brutal occupation by the Germans, um, and just brutal fighting for the for the next four next mm. three four <clears throat> years, um, which the c- Russian civilians obviously had to endure. Wasn't that as well like? Again, going when I was in St. Petersburg, this was more clear in that, actually... Did you go um, to St. St. Peter's? Well? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I loved it. <laughs> um, the reason I went is because I was so fascinated by Russia. Yeah. Not only in World War Two, but also World War One and pre-World War One, And also Russia's part in European history and how they um, just were as a nation. And I didn't realise that, actually, the standstill and the stalemate that they had in World War Two, and that St. Petersburg as a city mm. was sort of sectioned off by Russian soldiers. So they surrounded the entire city. Which was Leningrad at the time. Leningrad. Yeah. yeah. For, I think, a year. Yeah. I don't know, not, it was two, three years? Two, yeah. Or, and yeah. They, they ended up having no supplies that they actually... Uh, instances of cannibalism occurred for that. Which is and insane. And there was yeah. just oh so God, much dilapidation yeah. and just, it was awful. And people still, to this day, wow. talk about that period of time yeah. as being one of the worst in history because they literally couldn't leave. And the, there was, that was just, that was obviously one of the most brutal, you know, mm. the Battle of, Len- Siege of Leningrad. Siege of Leningrad, called. that's what it was um, called, yeah. And yeah. that was, there, but there was also, you know, Stalingrad mm. as well as 
Moscow. But the Battle of yeah. Kursk and mm. like so many other conflicts throughout the Eastern Front, which were just so brutal. But what's insane about the siege of Leningrad was mm. the way that they uh, were able to get supplies to the people was the lake froze and they actually built train tracks yeah. on the on the ice and so they could and, leave the city and they got supplies yeah. into the people mm. yeah mm. i just love how interested you guys are in your family history because it's something <laughs> that i've always been fascinated yeah. by as well and um and then kind of the wider history that surrounds your family so with my grandparents my um my dad my mum's dad was norris mcquarter and he was the identical twin of Ross McQuarta, and he actually wrote a book when Ross was shot by the IRA in 1970s. And he said that the time that they were on, they were in the Navy, and they were on two different So boats. it was our grandfather, our mum's dad. Yeah. So that was the only time in their entire life that they were separated. Wow. Pretty much. Wow. Um, reading that, that book is fascinating, and I, it's something that I want to reread again. Does he talk again. about I can't the believe they were in the, the Navy. Does, I can't I'm believe so they glad. were in the British Navy. Yeah. Our grandfather was in the British yeah. Navy. My mum does not stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really glad that I've got that book, because I wasn't very old. I think I was only about... Oh, it was in 2004 that he died, so I was about nine. Mm. Um, and so I never got to talk to him about any of that and having that book is really special and then with my other grandfather, my dad's dad he died the year before I was born so I never met him but I went to Burma um, same trip as I went to Cambodia and so my grandpa was in Burma from 1926 to 1942 the reason he had to leave, he was working out mm. there, was because Japanese, Japanese invaded. Yeah. Yeah. And again, my grandpa on that side has written about it as well. And so I've got two accounts, which I just... is so special that they've written mm. it down. Mm. And I recently saw um, a very old like family friend. She is 96 and she's wonderful and I love her to bits. And I really want to interview her and to write down some of her memories and what happened. Because mm. I think this is what's so important be so, so that you leave... Yeah a kind of story that can absolutely, be passed on absolutely. and that you can continue it's to so learn important from. not to lose the stories of, of these and i don't think there are families that are different to us you know we literally my mum's side was german my my mum's mum's side was german my mum's dad's side was english my dad's side was english so we have a combination of the german side and the english side in our family history i think that's so important yeah. to recognize and accept mm. and not feel shameful about it mm -hmm. because i think that's where we get into trouble where we kind of as british citizens we like to sort of downplay and compartmentalize and all all those bits you know same with slavery and same with sort of black history we kind of like to just forget about it mm. and just look about look at the positives and actually we need to sort of reconcile mm. where we're from The third figure on today's episode is the External Conflicts logo. So, <laughs> which you can find on our Instagram. Um, why is it so funny for you to intro? It's just weird. I'm it used to hearing you guys do it. I know. That's true. Um, and, well, the External Complex logo, I Hang feel on, like... to explain what External Complex is. Well, yes. I think that's, that's true. What is External Complex? So, External Complex is my group, my group of friends, but we're also a group of creatives. And the concept behind External Complex is that it is um, fulfilling um, your external desires of, of what you want to see in the world and what you want to see in your own life. So we all have an internal complex, mm. which we all live with day to day. Mm. But 
we're all trying to achieve our external complex, which I think not many people can say they've achieved. Um, and obviously, you know, it's all about the connection between your internal complex and your external complex, because you can't have an, a, a satisfied external complex if you haven't got a satisfied internal complex. God, mum would love that. That's such an amazing explanation of that. I yeah. never fully realised what oh, yeah, that's that was what about. It, this is something we need to, to get out more is what it actually Absolutely. means. Because I don't think I don't people, think people know people about people it. People don't, no. Yeah. And with Century P, which is your individual name, yeah. where did that name come from? Um, so that came as sort of an epiphany. Um, and I was walking down the street with Seb. and He's part of External Complex. He's part of External yeah. Complex, one of my, one of my boys. Um, and... It just it just came to me and um, it just seemed so clear at the time. And the name what, for the figure came to me like that. Yeah, is it? I think the best names do come like that. Um, and so it, the century is a, is you know obviously a hundred and that represents my life going forward, um, my hundred years that I have to offer. And you were born in nineteen ninety nine as well, so you've got kind of exactly. like on the it verge. It is almost a, straight a mm-hmm. hundred years, um, and. Then there's the capital T and the capital P, which is obviously representing my name, Teddy Parkin. So Teddy Parkin, Century, Century P. And um, yeah, that's that's how the name came about. I love asking people about names. So when did External Complex start? Um, Because there's there's the start of our friendship, which is almost also a question in itself. Mm. And that's obviously going back to day Mm. one. Um, So is that primary school? Oh, it's just different for everyone. So no. Theo and Theo, Eddie, Theo and Edo, day one. Day one. Like yeah. literally, literally newborn, day one. Newborn. Like straight out. Straight out of the womb. Yeah. yeah, straight out. Eddie, he met in baby massage and Theo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were the met... only two babies crying. <laughs> um, there's seven of us and... Good number, my favourite number. Shall I give all the names? Yeah, yeah of course. Right, so we got, <laughs> so we got me, we got, um, we got Seb, who's Cassius Grey. We've got and Cassius, can I just say that Cassius Gray links really nicely into one of the episodes we did earlier in in the podcast with uh, my colleague Ade yeah. about Muhammad Ali because his name is actually Cassius. Yeah, Cass- yeah. Cause of, Clay. Because of Cassius Clay. Yeah. And and just the significance of that name to him, and so mm. he actually asked me often about. He kept thinking you were Cassius. Who? Great. Uh, Ade did, and then Ade, I had to yeah, remind yeah. him that it was Seb. People mix you. us up. Yeah, <laughs> like, he mixed you up yeah. as well. He mixed you up as well. Okay, so you have Seb. Yeah. Okay, and who else? So yeah, me, Seb, Cassius Gray. Uh, we have Callum, mm-hmm. and uh, who's CKS. We have Ollie. Uh, we have Olek. We have Theo, and we have Edo. I haven't missed anyone out. No, you <laughs> and Can't. who designed the logo? How did you so, come up with that? <laughs> that's a funny story because um, this was actually Seb's girlfriend at the time. Um, her name's Ella, a lovely person. Um, but they've they've broken up now, um, like a year ago now. But she she's a good artist. So, so she designed the she logo. She designed the logo, yeah. And Interesting. But like, you know, it's just an amazing logo. When did you start making music with External Complex? Um, well, it all started from, from me and Seb in that room there. Um, <laughs> right next door. Right next door in my bedroom, where we would just freestyle, which is just like rapping to random beats. Mm. Um, and we just loved it. We would just do it for hours. And then like Seb um, one day just took it to the youth club where there's a studio. Um, ECYC, shout out ECYC. 
great place. Um, <laughs> I was called Youth Club. I was called Youth Club. Yeah. And I think that's quite nice about how you have external contacts. EC, yeah. EC, so and and it's Seb he uh, <gasps> did a yeah. he 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 just recorded a song there and it was just an, his first ever song he recorded called Dopamine and it was just an amazing song like mm. this raw energy and um it just it blew up on sound like it it blew up in a minor way on SoundCloud to the point where it was getting like I think it was on the thirty thousand plays when we were really young um and Whoa. he yeah and he accidentally deleted it no <laughs> and then we re-uploaded it oh my god um, he's such an idiot he actually <laughs> he did yeah oh my god <laughs> it was so funny um and yeah and and that's where it all started and then um it was mainly just me me and seb sort of making music from there but then as we sort of you know as because we had such a tight uh, friendship group we all sort of started coming together with all our creative abilities so you know it's not all just music like Olex amazing at art ollie films um just like two examples um and yeah so it all comes together really nicely under external complex and we love the idea that we can put together a project and have the film made have the promotion sorted yeah. out have the music done have the production the rapping the singing all can be done by us um, with the concept mm. of of external complex behind mm. it mm. So. and so what have you got going on at the moment and what have you got coming out so i've got um a video called Rec uh, a video to the song recline of vibe coming out soon filmed by uh Kobe, who's not an external complex but he's you know he's worked with us a lot, a lot. i've yeah. seen him a lot here Kobe, yeah, yeah great guy um and so we've been working on that and that should be coming out within the next week or two um yeah, and we've and like, where we got, did you film it? Oh, like loads of locations, okay, like cool. a lot of locations, and then uh, we got. Um, I've got another music video with Ollie, um, which we've been working on, and that should be coming out uh, probably like a bit later on. For what? A few song? months for a song that you guys haven't heard yet. Ooh. Yeah, very exciting. And that's much more of like a. That's gonna. That's like a, an artistic project which. It's going to be very conceptual and have a lot of different aspects to have it. Have you always been quite a creative person or is this something that's just developed in the last couple of years? I would say I have been, but there was never really a like a medium that I felt yeah. I could I could channel it with. That's I, so interesting. I, I would say I, I've always liked writing. I've always liked words. Mm. Um, I used to not like poetry, which is funny, enough, which is funny because I used to, like in English, if we had to write poetry, I wouldn't like it. But now that's essentially what you're doing. I got into it? exactly so I got into poetry because of rap. It was mm. whereas other people would get into rap because of poetry. Around. Yeah. Whereas now I appreciate like using really few words to express a, a lot, and I think that's just a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah. It's such an art form. And it it's is very rare. <clears throat> Do you? Um, I'm interested though in terms of rap and hip hop, and sort of where you're from and the sort of stereotype about rap and hip-hop how do you kind of reconcile that like when someone says to you you know or do you feel like you have people have preconceptions about who you are and what you do from where you come from and what yeah, do you how do you respond to that um I ignore them <laughs> <laughs> i ignore them yeah uh well it is it is like you know i'm a i'm a white white person you grew up in in old court so Chelsea, like, really. Yeah. We only moved like, here a few years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, obviously I'm not a stereotypical rapper. Right. But 
it doesn't take away from the fact that I love a certain art form and I will always respect the culture and where it came from mm. and I'll always uh, offer my what creativity I can to the art form um, and it doesn't matter what although I may you know we're, we're not perfect so I can't always uh, ignore like you know the different opinions and voices of like and judgments but it's always a priority I'm like look I know what I'm doing mm. is what I'm doing you know and I'm going to keep mm. doing it so you can have your opinion I don't care I think that's just where stereotypes can get and be blocks to creativity. And there's yeah, so many sure. blocks to creativity as it is with somebody has said, oh, you're no good at this. Or, yeah, and you'll have or, moments of weakness, even though you yeah. know you can do it. You'll, yeah. you'll slip into these like external mindsets which start affecting you. Like Absolutely. if you're trying to create and, and you're thinking too much about other people and other people's opinions, it's like it, it tears yeah. the whole process down. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Figure Podcast. We so appreciate all of your support and all of your kind comments and reviews. Please keep them coming. Um, You can find us at Figure Podcast on Instagram and at Figure Podcast on Twitter. Teddy, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram (laughs) at CenturyP100. And also, if you want word. something, if you want a, a, to have a chuckle, go to my personal Instagram at Georgia Parkin, and then go to Teddy's personal Instagram, and you can compare the two. And my friends do it all the time and find it hilarious. Hmm. <laughs> They're very Why? different. Why? They're like, you are so basic, and Teddy is so cool. And they don't understand how you are related. <laughs> Maggie laughs about it the entire time, <laughs> and so does Arthur. Um, <laughs> and what about external complex? Is that at external? At, at external mm. complex. Or one word with a c uh yeah with a c so e e c s t e r n a l complex perfect until next week thank you so much for joining us teddy it was lovely to it's have so you it's so lovely and to have luck. you on this side of the also microphone. yeah good luck at thank uni you for and, having me and thank you so much for all of your help at the yeah, beginning of this podcast because so this podcast would not yeah, exist jokes. without you <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. we have oh, to of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> really we owe you so much we do